Hello and welcome into our SEC Basketball Reaction Show, where we recap games from Tuesday night, February the 13th in the Southeastern Conference. We've got Vanderbilt's upset over Texas A&M. We've got Florida's narrow win over LSU and Kentucky's finally getting a win at Rupp Arena. Boy, how strange does that sound to say? As the Cats top off the night with a win over Ole Miss. Before we get into all those games, a reminder, our channel brought to you by BetOnline, which continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today, become part of the team, and remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the game starts here. Well, the game's tipped off at 6 Central in our hometown of Nashville last night. And, Blake, we, we didn't really give Vanderbilt much of a shot in this one, but two things happened. Van Allen Lubin who has been known to pop up and have some big games, gave Vanderbilt 25 points last night. I think he scored Vandy's first 11, 13, something like that. Also seven boards. So that is a career high for him at Vanderbilt, and I think a career high period. And then the big play at the end, Ezra Magnone hits a, I don't know what you call it, a floater in the lane, a, a desperation heave at, at the last minute on a semi-controversial play to send Vanderbilt to a one-point win. We'll get into Texas A&M's tournament hopes and resume and how this may have damaged it, but but first, just your reaction to Vanderbilt's upset over the Aggies last night. You know, I wasn't on the prediction video. I think I would have given Vanderbilt a little more of a chance maybe than you guys did because I said about a month ago, I wouldn't have picked them. Let me just tell you right now. I, unless I would have tried to reverse the, the Southeastern 14 kiss of death for A&M. Or, or for, yeah, for, I guess, whoever. But I just said, I think they're going to win a couple games because if you looked at it, they played some close mm -hmm. games. This game was at home. A&M was coming off the the high of beating Tennessee. And we just seen, like, that's like clockwork now with these games where teams just win a huge game. And then what happens the next game? They have to go on the road and they go get beat. Like, we have seen this so many times, not just in the SEC, but in college basketball this year. And so, like, this felt like a, an interesting spot for the Aggies because they were like all of a sudden you're on top of the world. Uh, they were our team of the week last week or you and I, I think we all named them maybe team of the week. Yeah. Um, they had won five of six, but then it's just like you go in playing a team that has nothing to lose here. You sort of have everything to lose. And the more they just let Vanderbilt hang around, I, I'm not going to say exactly what I texted you uh, at around the, I don't know, 14 minute mark or something like that in the second half. I won't read the exact phrase I said, but part of that phrase was Vanderbilt, I think they're going to win. Like, and that was even when the game was still kind of back and forth. And I'm just like, hey, this, I think this is going to happen because why? They were just letting them hang around and hang around and hang around. And when you do that with a team like this, where you said, Moving has a great game, like you'd been wanting to see something like that, you know, in a big spot like this. Of course, Mignon hits the, I mean, I don't know. Like, straight out NBA street or something, a video game, like these just wild shot, uh, to win it. And yeah, I mean, it's just, 
you think about kind of that that margin for error for Vanderbilt. We've said is just there's very little margin for error, but they put themselves in a position where they were right there with a chance to win it on the final play, and yeah, they found a way to do it. So, I mean, look, the the story, yes, is that Vanderbilt won the game. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't mean a whole lot for the rest of their season, uh, but for A and M, this is a Ooh. brutal loss. Yeah, I mean, it's just brutal, and I know we'll we'll talk more about like the bracketology implications probably later in the week and such but you can't lose this game uh you no. just can't do it uh because it it un it, it just went ahead and sort of took away what you did against tennessee like it just now it all kind of evens out where you get a huge win now you get a bad loss because remember vanderbilt was of course you know I, you know i like to I like to get up in the mornings chris first thing i do i like to check check the net it really gets me motivated for the day <laughs> um but I haven't checked it this morning, so I'm going to do it right now. Vanderbilt's up 15 spots to 220. Ooh. So, but but still, A&M dropped only six spots. So it's not the worst thing, I guess. But, uh, yeah, they're down at 43, but Vanderbilt jumped to 220. But all that to say, you can't lose this one if you're A&M. I, I think you keep missing the point on the net. I'll, I'll educate you here in a moment. But I'm a couple things bad. first. Uh, you, you can't help yourself, can you? The net. The gnat. <laughs> like how you, you say that with the with an air of disgust. Like you're just above it. The gnat. <laughs> Throw it in a dumpster in an alley somewhere. <laughs> oh boy. Um the last play of the game. Just to set the stage, we got 10 U basketball tournament in it last night. We we took a loss. We couldn't score in the first half. That's that's mm. life in the tournament. So anyway, I'm 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 sitting there at my my son's huddle, and I'm I'm watching the score on ESPN between timeouts and seeing it's a close game. And then I I flip it on and on the phone to watch it. See Tyrese Radford take a knee to a, a very bad place, can a couple foul shots, and that sets up the end. Where when I watched it live, and keep in mind I'm watching it on phone. So the player's about that big. And what looked like a travel, I guess, was not. There was a shot on Twitter that Vanderbilt Basketball put out behind it where it looked like an AM defender. I think it was um, Solomon Washington maybe had a hand on the ball. So I guess when when Mannion went up for the shot, it was considered a block, uh, came down and, and then heaved it up and, and did clearly get it off before the the clock went out, but what a what a bizarre sequence to end the game there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like it was just a it was a weird one because, but but again, it's it's the same situation where if you're a And M and you put yourself in that position where you give them a shot on their home floor on the final play, weird things happen in Memorial Gym. Yeah, I mean, but they beat Tennessee last year at the buzzer. They've hit a bunch. Beat of, Auburn. Beat yeah, Arkansas. They, they, They've yeah. beaten a lot of teams over the years, not even just the past couple of years, on just some wild sequences to finish the game. And if you put yourself in that position as a team that feels like you're a rock-solid NCAA tournament team after beating Tennessee, and yeah, it's just it's the challenges of getting up to go on the road, no matter who you're playing in this league. Um, you know, Vanderbilt's obviously put themselves a little separation between Missouri now. But yeah, I mean, if you just kind of take Missouri – to the side, it's anywhere you go in this league. Uh, you've got to be ready to play. And 
they just, again, you can't let a team like that hang around. And, um, you know, statistically, yeah, I mean, for Lawrence to only have eight points here, and that's where it, we've, we've said it. Like, it can't just be Manion and Lawrence. That was kind of the theme earlier in the year. So when you have Lubin stepping up, you have Evan Taylor giving them good minutes. Um, that's what they got to have to win games like this. And so credit them for doing it. Uh, they played a lot of guys, and they got some pretty good production out of a lot of those guys. So – that's what Vanderbilt needs to be able to compete, you know, in the SEC night in and night out. And they did. They've had some close calls in SEC play, but they just finally able to, you know, to finish one like this against a an NCAA tournament type team. Uh, that's what you had been waiting for. And so it took a while to get there, but you'll take it nonetheless. If you're a Vanderbilt fan, A&M, I mean, yeah, it's just it feels like a huge missed opportunity because here's the problem for A&M. It's not just you lose this game, right? It's now you got to go to Alabama on Saturday. And, you know, it's this should have been sort of one where you, you go win this game, then you set up for this huge game in Alabama. Well, now the Alabama game gets a whole lot tougher. And let's not forget, too, you know, they just lost this road game at Vanderbilt. Their next two road games are Alabama and Tennessee. So not an ideal spot for the Aggies after this one. I, 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 wanna, I don't want to dwell on that play long and we got a couple other things to get to then we got two other games to get to i feel like that play the way it went down when we were growing up that would have been judged to travel has something changed in the way they adjudicate those rules and that play um it, it feels like I'm like the nfl's version exact. of this is complete the catch you know how like when we were kids growing up it just was a catch or it wasn't and then they brought all this other stuff into it where they had to you know, rewind a play for, for eight minutes and look at it from 18 different angles. And, wow. you know, if, if the ball looked look like it bobbled a millimeter, then it's not a catch. It, it feels like it just – I don't know. Somebody brought this up to me in a text this morning. I thought, I guess I'm not the only one seeing it that way. It feels like that whole play is decided differently than it used to be. Maybe. But, I mean, I think just the fact that the ball got yeah. knocked out slash blocked, I mean, it just – was enough. I'm, yeah. It was enough, but don't don't get me started on how long it takes to play an end of a college basketball game, because oh, I thought that game was going to take half an hour in the final fifteen seconds. Um, yeah, yeah, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, that that was the reasoning for it. So, okay, for A and M, Joe Lenardi had A and M, I think a seven in his bracketology. I think when I did mine, I had him around a ten, and the reason was the strength of resume metrics. Uh, which this morning, AM is 41 in KPI and 47 in strength of resume. If you want the predictives, they are 30 and 42. So this is the team that Bobby Computers would be, I, I'm going to guess, a 10 seed this morning. It is, and is when you're stacking up resumes, it's hard to know how you do what you do with everybody's resume. Let me give you, for example, Teams have big wins. Like, for instance, AM's got one over Tennessee, one over Iowa State. Teams, it would probably be two seeds and three seeds today. But how do you balance that with the bad part of the resume? And one way to do it is, is just take that number, KPI, shrink the resume, and see what it says. Right now, AM, according to that number, is, is very much a bubble team. They'll probably bubble in still. But here's the, the deal with AM. That's now five losses outside of quad one. Now, let's look at them. Ole Miss at home, that's not an awful loss. Arkansas on the road, eh, not great. Memphis, 76 in the net at home. So, that would 
I guess that would still be a quad three. Like that could be a quad two loss in the end. Lost LSU at home, and then the, the Vanderbilt loss. That's going to be a it's a quad three now. Could end up a quad four loss. That is the problem for the Aggies. It's they've got some good wins. I think everybody believes they're a good team. The computers have them as a solidly in team. If you look at the predictives, BPI and Ken Palm, but it's how do you weigh? the bad against the good and the problem for the Aggies, they're going to have more in that bad category than most of the teams around them, Blake. Yep. Remaining, remaining schedule at Alabama, home against Arkansas, which does nothing for you at Tennessee, home against South Carolina at Georgia, home against Mississippi state at Ole Miss. That's pretty tough when you think about it. Like yeah, the two road games at Alabama, Tennessee, but then it's the game like at Georgia who we've seen just be right there with everybody. The game at Ole Miss is not going to be easy. Ole Miss has already beaten them. And even the home games against South Carolina and Mississippi State, like that's a rugged, grinded-out type game in both of those scenarios. So I'd say if you had to make a record prediction for every team in the SEC the rest of the way, probably A&M is top three in terms of you throw your hands up and go, I have no idea where to even start. Yeah. I don't know. There could be so many different combinations of numbers in that record. No clue how they finish these last seven games. So. But it'll yeah, be close. It, that I can guarantee you. The game will be close no matter what. So, And part of the issue, some of those games, like beating Ole Miss in South Carolina, I think are better wins than the computers are going to give A&M credit for having, if that makes sense. Yep. We'll see. Um, yeah, last thing, Jerry Stackhouse's job security has been a topic of discussion. Uh, for, from what I'm hearing, I, I think they plan on bringing him back. Right now, and I don't think last night hurt. Yeah, certainly didn't hurt if that was the case beforehand. Uh, getting a yeah. win period these days will definitely help you. So, um, yeah, so I guess we'll see how it plays out. LSU in Florida. Speaking of of disasters, this, this could have been one for the Gators had they lost, but they didn't. I, I did not get to see any of it. Um, I, I know you – did probably so I'm, I'm just gonna let you add your thoughts here you know lsu had them right where they wanted them didn't they because the tigers got down big and they decided you know what we're gonna make a rally here and scare the living daylights out of this opponent because they did that to auburn uh, we remember back whenever that game was and then here what was it they were down I'm trying to find the exact number they were down 20 with 15.31 to go. But even if you take it further than that, I was trying to pull this up. They were down, let's see. So they were down 16 with 12 minutes to go. They were down 12 20 with 20 with, with 15.31. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're down 11 with five and a half to go. So LSU had them right where they wanted them. And then, of course, they wind up tying the game with 1.33 left. Uh, Ward hits the three, and it's 78 all. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, is Florida about to do this? Like, we talk about, you know, is this just a night of upsets uh, maybe after what happened in the Vanderbilt game? But luckily from there for the Gators, uh, they hold on to uh, finding a way to win. Samuel hits the free throw. Then Clayton uh, makes the layup to put him up three, and that was that. So, yeah, I mean, just another one where I guess for the LSU side of things, like, I keep saying, I think LSU, like they're 12 and 12, but they're probably one of the better 12 and 12 teams I've seen uh, in the SEC. Like they just, they're not a bad team. Like they're really not. Uh, I know they're 12 and 12, they're four and seven, but 
when you kind of look at the schedule and everything, like just think about like who they played. Like they played a pretty tough schedule. You know, it's like at Auburn, uh, at Georgia, they lose by two. They lose the home game against A&M, which they already beat them on the road. They lose that one by four. Um, you know, this one they lose by two. Sure, they were down big, but they made it a game. Uh, and even the Auburn game on the road, like we said, they wound up closing the gap there in that one for a bit. Now, sure, you're going to have the two games against Alabama, who clearly just have their number. And then the, t- the game at Tennessee, which, as we know, Tennessee beats everybody by 20 there, except for South Carolina, seemingly. Um, so, yeah, like I, you know, we talked about it. Like, I think LSU, if you're projecting ahead for them, like their last three games, they're at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, at Missouri. Those are all winnable. They get a home game against Georgia, um, home against Kentucky, home against Mississippi State. Those will be tough. At South Carolina will be tough. But I could see LSU getting to, to seven wins in the SEC, which I don't think would be a bad thing at all for this team. Um, because it, I, I just, yeah, like they're just, I think with LSU, there's just a missing piece somewhere, right? They just had one more piece yeah. somewhere. Defensively, they've given Came up Thomas. a lot of points. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I take, I think that's a missing piece any day of the week. Sure, you'd love to have him. Defensively, though, they've just not been able to stop. You know, it's, the, again, giving up 109 against Alabama, 88 to Tennessee, 82 to Florida here. So, I don't know. I don't think they're bad, but I'll start with the LSU side of things just with that. I think we need – this this rematch of Georgia-LSU could be underrated exciting. We got that one coming up. When is it? Uh, last weekend of the month. Last week of the month. Yeah. Well – Because both these teams, they make it interesting one way or the other late, and I think they're similarly talented. Well – I, yeah, so like on that, just for the LSU side of things, the defense has not been – they've not been the greatest there. Um, but, you know, they have – like in this game, what LSU's done to give themselves a chance, they've shot it better than I thought they would shoot it this year. They've been a much better three-point shooting team. They'll go 11 of 21 here for 53%. Now, Florida defensively, as we said, just uh, – it's been a struggle at times. And I think that's the thing I keep coming back to with Florida is there are going to be games like this where they cannot find a way to close, uh, you know, and – like again, it's whether it's the Georgia game, right? Georgia rallies from huge deficit to take it to overtime. They managed to win it, but that's at home. Georgia or LSU rallies from a huge deficit. Florida manages to hang on and win it. So they just they got to be able to get those defensive stops and kind of keep the pedal down, right? When they get in these kind of mm-hmm. games, and so, but sometimes you are just going to get a team that makes shots, and um, yeah, I mean that that's all so part of it. And Florida just wasn't making a lot of shots from three here, and so they only went four of seventeen. Even though, as we always say, they're not really relying on that, but they didn't get much in that area, and they also missed a lot of free throws. They went twelve of twenty for sixty percent. But as usual, what did Florida do? It's the key for Florida. It's the key for A and M. Uh, Nineteen offensive rebounds here for the Gators, and I think that just again shows you how well this front court. And what they're able to do right now, Han Logden had five offensive rebounds. Samuel had four. Um, Howe had three. So you got three different guys getting three or more offensive rebounds. That just gives you an extra dynamic when you're not maybe shooting the ball well from three. Uh, they shot at 57% from two. So, yeah, it's it's a nice win for Florida just because they found a way to hang on and win and didn't lose. Uh, so in that aspect, I think it's, it's good for the Gators. Um, but, yeah, they, they've got to – they got to tighten up the defense a little bit when they get those big leads because they've just they've let multiple teams now get back in the game to make it way too interesting. Um, and so, yeah, that that is something that I – and also I forgot to point out, kind of tying in the offensive rebounding theme. 
we forgot to mention the AM Vanderbilt game, but AM only got eight offensive rebounds. So yeah. that was um that was a little bit different there in that game too. But the Gators kept chugging right along with their offensive rebounding numbers. Another huge one here, uh, with uh yeah, nineteen. So Yeah, the strength of Florida's resume has been bad loss avoidance. And that close to picking one up last night. If, if LSU had won that game, that would have been a quad three loss for Florida. Florida is one of the few teams in the country. I'd have to count the number, but I'm guessing it's not more than 10, and it might be fewer than five of teams that don't have a loss outside of quad one. Uh, so Florida doesn't have the number of huge wins that some other teams in its range would have. But again, bad loss avoidance is part of it. The predictive computers because of that, or excuse me, the resume computers because of that, Ken, or K, excuse me, KPI and strength of resume both have Florida 23rd this morning, and then the predictives have Florida 27 and 29. So the Gators would be safely in probably by any measure as of this morning. Still need to do some work. Um, you know, there's opportunities ahead with South Carolina, with Georgia, both those on the road. Um, excuse me, with South Carolina and Alabama, also Alabama at home. So there will be some chances for wins here. All right, anything else on that one before we move on to Kentucky and Ole Miss? No, uh, like I said, yeah, just when you look at the the upcoming schedules, Florida, yeah, they've got two road games now back-to-back, Georgia and Alabama. So that's an interesting setup. And, you know, LSU, as we said, just kind of a, a still a pretty rough stretch over the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, they, they have a good finish with Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Missouri. So. Okay, Kentucky finally gets a win at home. It had been a minute, it feels like, with a 75-63 triumph over Ole Miss. Kentucky led by 14 at half, so none of this drama that we saw on Saturday when Kentucky got down out of the jump and never just could quite get over the hump. We didn't do a fantasy basketball draft this week just for, for sake of time, but, boy, if we did, there were some stat sheet stuffers in this one. Reed Shepard, 13 points, five steals, five assists, and three three-pointers, but Onyenso, the big story here, 10 blocks. That was the most at Rupp Arena since David Robinson did it in 1987. Now, there's a stat for you. Kentucky hits 6 of 18 from three-point range. Generally speaking, when the Cats don't shoot it well, it's a 50-50 proposition whether Kentucky wins or not, that that being from from three-point range. Managed to do it last night, and I think I just outlined some reasons why, Blake. Yeah, this was the kind of win you wanted to see if you were a Kentucky fan because, more importantly, it wasn't just the fact that you won. It was looking at how many points the other team scored. And it's been a while since we've seen that, right? Um, I mean, what, Arkansas scored 57. And then really every other game in SEC play, they've given up 77 or more, I believe. Um, So, yeah, to only give up 63, like you're turning cartwheels right now over that. Because, again, Ole Miss is a team where the the big theme with Ole Miss was like, can they win a road game? Well, they finally won that road game at Texas A&M. They almost won the one in South Carolina. Um, and so you knew they were coming in here at least feeling like they, they had a chance against the Kentucky team that had been reeling. But the Cats able to, you know, not allow that high point total that they have allowed uh, in so many games and uh, throughout SEC play. And so still, you know, obviously the bigger story is to have both D.J. Wagner and Trey Mitchell back on the floor definitely helps 
Um, you know, Onion, so he said, 10 blocks, my goodness, just sign me up for him retroactively. Give me his stats from this game for next week. Like, I don't know if we can do that, but uh, I'd like to at least put in a claim to try to do that. So, yeah, uh, they just they made it difficult on Ole Miss, and that's what you want to hear is that Kentucky makes it difficult on an opponent uh, because they just haven't in, in a lot of these games. And, um, you know, look, but – we, we can talk about all the different, like you said, all the different guys, guys filling the stat sheet and all this other stuff. For Kentucky, winning a game when you don't shoot the three very well, you're certainly going to be excited about that. I'm sure the turnovers are still not thrilling uh, to have. But here's what Cal said. And this is where I think things are going to get interesting, like in terms of just seeing how this Kentucky team, team what kind of draw they get, all that always matters, right? But he said this, and I'm, I'm pulling this up on Twitter. In the NCAA tournament, you can't score 65, 63, 62. You'll get beat. You have to score points. You have to have a player that can go off in a game so you can advance. We have a couple of those. You can't be a high turnover team. We're a low turnover team. And so he just kind of he was pushing that theme that, hey, we know our defense has been an issue, but we can still score points. And there is going to be something to that. I mean, it's the same thing I've said. You know, Alabama's a different extreme now because they've gotten better defensively significantly. Kentucky's still working on that. But, you know, there is going to be situations where they, they will find ways just to outscore people. But unfortunately, you know, in some of these games, they just have not been able to, right? Like the Zags, Florida, Tennessee, they put up a lot of points, but they just couldn't stop them. They could not get enough stops. And now I think is the rest of the team for the rest of the season is going to be – can they stop good teams? And because right now, the teams they're beat like great teams, maybe that's a better way to put it. You know, the teams they're beating right now, right? Their last four SEC wins, Georgia, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. Not knocking Ole Miss. They're a good team. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if they're that NCAA tournament lock, right, that some of these other teams that Kentucky yeah. has lost to are. They're, they're not Tennessee. They're not Gonzaga. They're not South Carolina. Um, you know, those kind of games. Even Texas A&M, they gave up 97 to right in the overtime game a month ago. So that's just what you want to see from Kentucky. And certainly we're going to find out on Saturday because they go to Auburn. Um, you know, certainly a chance to give up 100 there if you don't play defense. Uh, and so anyway, slice it, this was a positive outcome for the Cats defensively when you can win a game like this where you don't have to score 95 points to win. All you need 75 because your defense – steps up enough, you get enough stops, you get on Yenso, just not allowing anybody to get anything easy. That's what you got to have if they're going to be a, a team that can make a deep run in the tournament. So Kentucky was, what, 120-something, 130-something in adjusted defensive efficiency at Ken Palm coming into this one? Almost back to 100. 104, gave up .88 points per possession last night the last time Kentucky held a team under a point per possession was Arkansas I think it was 0.81 back on January the 27th on the road nonetheless that ESPN game day setting I'm just looking like really great offensive teams and I, I would say like anybody inside the top 50 Ken Palm on offense I, I don't know that Kentucky's defended any of those teams well yet well here's the difference and Cal said this too I think the phrase, the quote was, the reason Kentucky did what they did is because they weren't just, he didn't say this, but this is me saying this. I'll give you the, the four words in a second. They weren't just sitting back on their heels and letting the other team do what they wanted to do. They weren't just kind of scurrying around trying to figure out, okay, let's react to what they're doing. The difference was this, and his was the exact quote, we were the aggressors. 
Like, they were the ones who put the pressure on the other team. They didn't let the other team do what they wanted and try to react to it. Um, that was the difference, I thought, here. Uh, again, going up against an Ole Miss team just not had a lot of success on the road, uh, other than, like we mentioned, just that one game at Texas A&M and SEC play. So, yeah, so I think this was this was the performance you wanted to see, to at least calm down a little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just completely solved everything. You know, you didn't solve all your problems just by this one game because um, they could all come right back on Saturday at Auburn. But you at least get to re- reset a little bit after the disappointment of the last couple weeks so and that's sometimes that's all you need you don't you don't need to have the perfect performance you just need to have the one that's good enough to send you in the right direction that little bit of progress that's going to help you in the next couple weeks which again the schedule's not easy um at auburn at lsu i think even at lsu is a tricky game for kentucky um home against alabama at mississippi state so these next four games they're they're not easy and if they don't play defense they lose all of them so we'll see. You want to know what the net thinks? No, I don't. I don't really care. I'm going to tell you, Kentucky 24 after last night. And again, the, the net number, we have fun with this. doesn't really matter. It's more for grouping teams and quads. But I don't know about that. I, I think it's I'm all in on that net. Number. Well, it matters past a certain point. Like, if you're not in the top 75, I don't think you're getting in the tournament. Uh, speaking of which, Ole Miss is 61 so still square and, and Ole Miss KPI strength the resume have Ole Miss both at 19. So yeah. Still a well, tournament team according to those. Yeah. There you go. Parting thoughts. Now hit that subscribe button. We'll have all the usual previews and stuff for the weekend action. Of course, we'll have our reaction tomorrow to the two big games tonight. Uh Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas. So yeah, quite a – I mean, look, we didn't do the fantasy draft this week, but probably for the best because, you know, you've got more teams off of – four teams are off on the midweek, right? So, yeah. Um, so only two games tonight, but two big ones. So we'll see how they play out. All right. Thanks for watching us here. He's Blake Lovell. I'm Chris Lee. We are Southeastern 14 presented by Bet